0: Salve de omnes, welcome to the AP Latin podcast. The goal of this podcast will be to cover the lines from Caesar's *De Debella Gallico and Virgil's Aeneid that are found on the AP Latin curriculum. Each two-part episode will cover a selection of lines from Caesar and Virgil. I will present the Latin and English of the text, providing relevant clarification, background, and cultural information that will help put the readings in their proper context. I encourage you to read along with me as you listen to the Latin and to use the English as a way to check your understanding rather than relying on the English for understanding. Each episode will conclude with some essential questions to consider as you process through the meaning of the text. Parati, eamos. AP Latin Podcast, Episode 4A, De Bello Gallico, Book 1, Chapters 6 and 7. In this episode, you will learn that the Helvetians prefer the easy road, and that stalling is a perfectly legitimate military tactic. Erant omnino itinera duo, quibus itineribus, domo exira possent. Unum persecuamus angustum et difficile, inter montem iurum et flumen Rodanum, quis quas singuli cari ducerentur, mons autem altissimus impendebat, ut facile per palki prohibera possent. Alterum per provinciam nostram multo facilius atque expeditus, propteria quod inter fines Helvetiorum et Allobrogorum, quin nuper pacati erant. Rodanus fluit, isque non nullis locis vado transitor. Extremum opidum alabrogum est proximum que Helvetiorum finibus genawa. Ex eo opido pons ad Helvetios pertinent. Alabrogibus sese vel se well persuasuros, quod nondum bono animo in populum Romanum viderentur. Existimabant, well We, coecturos, ut per fines eos ire paterentur. Omnibus rebus ad profectionem comparatis diem dicunt, qua die ad ripam Rodani omnes conveniant. Is dies erat, ante dies quinque calendas aprilis, Lucio Pisone, Aulo Gabinio, Consulibus. Caesari, cum id nuntiatum Eos per provinciam nostrum iter facere conari, maturat ab urbe proficisci, et, quam maximis potest itineribus, in Galliam ulteriorim contendit, et ad genawam pervenit. Provinciae toti, quam maximum potest militum numerum, imperat. Erat omnino in Gallia ulteriore legio una, pontem, qui erat ad genawam iubet riscindic. Ubi de eos adventu helvetii certioris facti sunt, legatos ad eum mitunt nobelissimus cuitatis, cuius legationis nemeos et verocloities, principum locum, obtinebant. Qui in sibi esse in animo, sine ulo maleficio iter per provinciam facara, propterea quad, aliud iter haberent nolum, rogare ut eos voluntate id sibi facara liceat. Caesar, quod memoria tenebat, Lucium Cassium Consulum Ocisum exercitumque eos ab helvetiis pulsum, et subjugum missum, misum, concedendum non pudabat. Neque homines inimico animo, data facultate per provinciam itineres faciendi, temperaturos ab inuria at maleficio existimabat. tamen ut spatium intercedere posset dum milites quos imperavit convenirent. Legatis respondit diem se ad deliberantum subturum, si ad idus eperlis veverterentur. There were in all two routes, by which routes they would be able to leave from their home, one through the Sequani, narrow and difficult, between Mount Jura and the Rodanus River, on which carts could barely be led one at a time. Moreover, a very tall mountain was looming above, so that very few would be able to easily prevent them. The other was through our province, much easier and more unhindered, because between the borders of the Helvetians and the Allobroges, who had recently been pacified, the Rhodanus River flows and is crossed by Ford in some places. The farthest town of the Allobroges and nearest to the borders of the Helvetians, is Geneva. From this town a bridge extends to the Helvetians. They were thinking that they either would persuade the Alaburgis because they did not yet seem in good minds towards the Roman people, or that they would compel them by force to allow them to go through their borders. After all things were prepared for departure, they state a day on which day they would all come together on the bank of the Rodanus River. This day was five days before the calends of April in the consulship of Lucius Piso and Aulus Gabinius. When it had been announced to Caesar that they were trying to make a journey through our province, he hastens to depart from the city, and by as many journeys as he possibly could, he heads into Ulterior Gaul and arrives at Geneva. He levies from the whole province as large a number of soldiers as he possibly could. There was altogether in Ulterior Gaul one legion. The bridge which was near Geneva he ordered to be torn down. When the Helvetians were made more certain about his arrival, they send ambassadors, the most noble of the tribe, of which ambassadorship Nemaeus and Veraclotius held the chief position. Who would say that they had in mind to make a journey through the province without doing any harm, because they had no other route. That they are asking that by his will he permit them to do this? Caesar, because he held in memory Lucius Cassius the consul killed and his army defeated and sent under the yoke, did not think that it must be allowed. Nor did he think that men with hostile mind, having been given license for making a journey through the province, would refrain from injury and doing harm. However, so that a period of time would be able to intercede until the soldiers whom he had levied could gather, he responds to the ambassadors a day that he was going to take up for making a decision. If they wanted anything, they should return near the Ides of April. This section provides the final setup for Caesar's invasion of Gaul the Helvetians, having stockpiled food and supplies and burned their towns and villages, began exiting their land. Between taking a difficult and dangerous path through a potential enemy, since they had killed Orgatorix, who had originally made the alliance with the Sequani, and taking a relatively easy route through the territory of the Roman province, the Helvetians decide to take the easy path. When Caesar speaks of the province, he is referring to the Roman territory of Gallia Narbonensis, the first Roman province in Ulterior Gaul, north of the Alps. The area became a Roman province in 121 BC after the Roman general Quintus Fabius defeated the Aulabriges and the Averni. So, when Caesar says they had been recently pacified, he means 60 years ago. Pacati is how the Romans described defeating and conquering their enemies. They made them be peaceful. This phrase suggests something about how Romans viewed their militarism, which I will come back to a little bit later. And so the Helvetians seem to believe they will be able to gain the Allobroges' consent to cross because they don't like the Romans all that much. And barring that, they believe that they could use force since the Roman pacification left the Allobroges weakened. The Helvetians set a day for meeting at the coast of Lake Lemanus at Geneva, five days before the Calends of April, which is March 28th, and Piso and Gabinius served as consuls in 58 BC. Caesar receives word of the Helvetians' plans and immediately snaps into action, and we as the audience are given our first impressions of Caesar as a commander. The image Caesar intentionally crafts of himself throughout his commentary is one of decisiveness, action, and speed, and you see this from his first reaction as he pushes to reach Geneva from Rome as fast as possible, levies troops to build a larger force across the Alps, and takes action to prevent the Helvetians' passage by tearing down the bridge at Geneva. Caesar informs us that there was only one legion in Ulterior Gaul. A legion at full strength would number around 5,000 men, subdivided into cohorts and centuries, plus cavalry and support troops. However, Roman legions were rarely at full strength, so this should be regarded as the maximum but unlikely number of soldiers at Caesar's disposal when he mentions his legions. Caesar entered Gaul with four legions and levied another from the province. The Helvetian embassy requests passage, and Caesar doesn't think they should be allowed to do so because of history. In 107 BC, Lucius Cassius Longinus was consul and went to Gaul to oppose the Cimbri. He was ambushed and killed in battle by the Tigurini, a clan or client tribe of the Helvetians. So recent history, again, refers to the events of 50 years previous. At this point, Caesar lets the audience in on a secret that he keeps from the Helvetian ambassadors, that he had no intention at all Of letting the Helvetians cross, all while telling them he is going to take some time to deliberate and that they should come back on April 13th. In doing so he buys himself a couple weeks time, again demonstrating his decisiveness and quick thinking. He also brings the audience into his confidence by reporting information to them that he intentionally withholds from the Helvetians, making it feel as though we are part of his inner circle and giving us inside information into his thought process as a commander and leader. In the sections following this, Caesar refuses their passage, as we know he was planning to, and the Helvetians try to cross anyway. He stops their attempt, so the Helvetians decide to take the other, more dangerous path through the Sequani. Along the way, though, they do a bit of light pillaging of the Aedui, prompting the Aedui to ask for Caesar's help. Caesar is then able to use the Helvetians' actions and the request for aid as a justification for invasion. The Romans explained their expansionism and conquering of other peoples through a defensive warfare rationale. Ideologically, they believed that they pacified enemies who provoked them first and threatened the safety of Rome. And all their wars, at least from their point of view, were defensive in nature. Although this is a thin justification, it was legitimate in a Roman's mind. Caesar would have been viewed in the wrong had he invaded Gaul without provocation, and as it was, some still criticized the length of time he stayed in Gaul, saying that he kept campaigning even after the threat to Roman safety had been taken care of for personal glory. Caesar will need to provide justification for his continued war so he will paint subsequent battles as flowing naturally from his response to the original threat posed by the Helvetians and their migration plans. As we close out the episode, here are some essential questions to consider. What were the pros and cons of each route the Helvetians could take? Why did they choose the one they did? How did the Helvetians plan to deal with the Allobroges if they proved to be hostile? In this passage, Caesar is first introduced into the narrative. How does Caesar's writing style dramatize his entry into the story and highlight his decisiveness and speed? What justification does Caesar use to refuse Helvetian passage through the province? Is his explanation sufficient for his refusal of their request? In this passage, Caesar demonstrates qualities of his leadership that he takes care to highlight throughout his commentary. Rapid, decisive, and effective action. Where are situations in the Aeneid requiring similarly quick responses by Aeneas? How is Aeneas's leadership similar to or different from Caesar's? Gratias ago pro ascoltando, valete.